You are listening to the official Acts 2 podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.acts2orlando.com. Oh my goodness. That's so good. Like I said, afterwards, we're going to have some snacks and stuff. Make sure you take time to write a little note to them and, and bless them. And you might be saying, well, maybe I don't know them that well. It's okay. Still bless them. Give them a prophetic word. Do something. We want to give them something to, to take with them, put on a shelf so they can remember it, pull out and remember. So, hallelujah. Okay, so I'm going to jump right into this for the sake of time. Um, Friday afternoon, I was walking through the building. Sometimes I do this. It's not all the time, but... Whenever it's empty and it's just me in the building, I will walk through. And this particular Friday, I walk through and pray and just talk with God. And this particular Friday, I was walking through here. And this has happened to me one other time where I walked through this building and I got up to the front right here. And all of a sudden, I felt something happening on the inside. I couldn't identify what it was initially. Um, But I felt something. It felt like a renewal. It felt like something lifted I I don't know I can't put my finger on it exactly but it sparked something inside of me it made me go back and listen to a message I heard a long time ago Um, well I say a long time ago I think it was about a year ago uh, from Bill Johnson and he was just simply sharing about an experience he had with his students in the tent because they've been meeting in a tent and just the glory of God showing up and that just the power he felt it in that in that place, it reminded him, him of something that happened years ago when his son was leading the school and they would go in for worship and the, the presence of God was so profound, so strong. How many of you know that the presence of God is always there? There are just certain times where it manifests, where he makes himself very conspicuous. Like, you'd have to be a dummy, to not know that he's in the room. I mean, like you trip over him kind of thing. He's so present. He's so manifest in the room. And he was telling the story of how he was taken back to that and worship would be going, the presence would show up and he would look at his son and his son would look at him and ask him, what do you want to do? And Bill would say, I ain't touching this. I ain't touching this. We're just going to let this be what it is. And it happened in that moment when I was walking through here, I just felt something similar to that. And I was like, God, I don't ever, ever, ever want to get caught up in doing ministry and forget who you are. Now, you guys know this because we make it a point to continually say in this house that I, we aren't interested in doing good church. I, I'm done with good church. I'm done with shows. I'm done with putting together a two-hour package I'm done with that stuff. What I want is the presence of God. And I know that we all want that. It's a desire in our heart that we all want it. But I felt something on Friday walking through here, and it felt like, not that it was a correction. I didn't feel so much like a correction. I felt like something like coming home. And it sparked something inside of me. It just shifted me just a little bit in the way I was thinking to move me into a place where I found myself getting hungry again. I found myself going back to places in life where I've seen God show up in such powerful and miraculous ways. And I don't ever want that to be just a story. That should be the normal Christian life. The normal Christian life should be one where supernatural signs and wonders follow us wherever we go, not just in a building. 
Now, I think it's the goodness of God, it's the kindness of God, where oftentimes he will do something and break out in the context of a meeting. And I like that because that's about family. As much as anything else, our Sunday morning gatherings here, I see them like a family summit. We just come together weekly for a family summit, and we are celebrating what God is doing. We're given testimony. You heard one again today. We give testimony. We celebrate what God is doing, and we live in an expectancy for God to do something. Well, I felt it walking through here on Friday, and it made me go back again, and I listened to that message. And then Saturday, I'm sitting on the couch, and Joss comes in, and we start talking, and we start talking about that message. She had heard that too. And it was kind of like stream of consciousness talking, and just things were coming out. And I was like, this is, there's something on this. There, there is something on this, because I don't want to miss out on what God's doing. And I'm not saying I think that we have. I'm just saying there is something about being hungry. You know what I'm talking about? Where you find your desires just constantly, consistently, no matter where you are. It doesn't move towards getting things, doing fun things. It doesn't move to that. It moves to, God, where are you breaking through? I'm I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it everywhere I go. Is there a breakthrough happening in my work? Could it happen in my family? Could it happen in the house? What if it happened in the car when I'm driving? You hear my heart. You hear what I'm talking about right here. Well, there's that expectancy. It builds to such an extent that you find yourself almost aching for something. And that's where I am. I'm hoping I'm imparting something to you by talking about this because, listen, church, I don't want to move five years down the road from now and be doing the same thing that we're doing. I don't. I love celebrating. I love being together, but man, I want more. I mean, I want way, way more. The word says that he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think. I have a pretty creative mind and I can think of an awful lot of things. And if he's able to do above that, then what am I settling for? What am I waiting for? How many in here believe that he has given you, according to his word, according to his power, he is giving to you everything that you need for life and godliness? Right? Now that sounds like something that stands in opposition to what I'm talking about here. Because I'm talking about being hungry. And the word says he's given us everything we need. So what am I hungry for? If I have everything I need, what am I hungry for? I'm not hungry for God to give me more. I'm hungry for my spirit man to wake up and access what he's already deposited in my account. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places has been given to us according to Ephesians. In the heavenly realm, it's been given to us. Well, I don't look at that and go, he says it's in the heavenly realm. Well, I don't look at that and go, well, it's not accessible because it's in the heavenly realm because I know that just a little bit after that, he goes on to say that we're seated with him in heavenly places. So my access to it is right now. It's there, it's ready. Hunger is a good thing. If we approach it from a place where we see ourselves as not lacking anything, Does this sound like weird upside down kingdom stuff? When you're hungry, but you know you have everything you need. 
It's like kingdom hunger because it's upside down. In the world, you eat and you get full and you're not hungry anymore. In the kingdom, you eat and you get more hungry. You find yourself craving more and more and more. I appreciate that word, Brian. I appreciate you just being brave and coming up and sharing that thing on the cusp of something. That's what it feels like. It's exactly what it feels like. And as much as anything else, what I want to do this morning is I want to provoke you. I do. I want to provoke you. I've said before, I'm not necessarily a pastor by gifting. I'm more apostolic prophetic. So what that means is I am way more interested in our growth than I am your comfort. There are pastors who can comfort you. And we have them. Thank God. Yeah. I'm like, I see people when they're doing things that are just ridiculous and stupid. I'm not, I'm not prone to going, oh, well, God bless you. I want to grab them by the shoulders and shake them and go, stop being stupid. Sorry. Sometimes that's needed. Have mercy on some, others save with fear, the word says. I don't know. <laughs> Ephesians 1.3. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. This is so counter to talk about being hungry, to talk about having a desire for more and know that the word over and over and over and says that we are complete in him, that we have everything we need, that every spiritual blessing has been given to us. Listen, church, you can't beg for more because all of it's been given. You can beg all you want, but you're missing the point. I'm not talking about a hunger that begs for God to do something more. Everything has been given to us. Come on, can I get an amen to that? I want to make sure you're in the room. Everything's been given to us, but there are certain things that I have not accessed yet. It does not mean they don't exist. It does not mean they haven't been given. It just means there are places in my life where I need to shift my awareness just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Instead of going to a restaurant and being concerned how good this steak is going to be, maybe I'd need to go to a restaurant and be more concerned about what about that waiter that's walking up here? They're more important than how this steak's going to taste. And I like a steak, so I'm saying a lot. Right? We all want the fullness of God. We all want it. Like, I know we do. I've been around here long enough. I've talked to you guys. I know you want the fullness of God. Amen? You want everything. Listen, I'm just saying, we've got to shift. We've got to shift. I'm not saying this as a point of correction. It's just simply as a place of going, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, there, are, there is something more important here. There is something more important here. When I have seen God show up in power, which is funny to say that, God shows up in power. It's like, it's like um, I mean, if he shows up, you think he's not going to be in power? He is power. He can't divest himself of it. When he shows up, he is power. He is love. He shows up and this, these magnificent things happen. These wonderful things happen. But they're all meant to transform the way we think. It's not for us just to get goosebumps. It's not for us just to see a healing, which God, yes, I'm going to see that all the time, but it's beyond that. Anytime we see something supernatural happen, we are being positioned to have our mind renewed so that we no longer think about this life the way we were thinking before. 
When we see somebody healed, you look at it and go, this is what God does. So no longer can I think about God not healing people. If he shows up and he brings transformation, if he brings deliverance into a life, we can no longer afford to think that he doesn't bring that to everybody. I can't do that. I can't assume that I'm God for a moment and think that, oh, well, this person can get delivered and that person can, but that person can't. That person can't. Oh, this person can't. Listen, you know what really boggles my mind? It bakes my noodles so bad is to think that the person of Adolf Hitler had just as much value as a Mother Teresa. That's otherworldly. And until I start thinking like that, I'm going to part and parcel out life and I'm going to compartmentalize and I'm going to think that, oh, well, I'm not feeling it so much this Sunday, so God is not going to show up. You guys with me? I know that feeling. There are days I go wake up on a Sunday and I'm like, man, I want to call somebody and say, I'm not coming in today. Ooh, does that weird you out? I mean, there are days I wake up and I'm like, I just don't like those people very much. No, it's not true. That is not true. It usually has more to not liking myself so much. But there is an expectancy. We talk about it. We, we, it's in our mission statement, our vision statement. We talk about having this expectant heart. And what's different from expectancy and expectation is expectancy said, God, you can show up and you can do it however you want. I'm just anticipating something. Expectation says you need to show up and do it this way. And then we get disappointed if he doesn't. The proper heart approach is one of expectancy that just comes in and it's leaning in and it's hungry. It's waiting for something to happen. It's kind of like the football player that's on the front line. It's like the right guard. What is he doing? He's next to the center, right? You guys know football. He's right next to the center. And these guys are usually big dudes. They're huge. They're like houses. These are like the defense right there, those front three especially. So you got the guy who's going to center it. You got the guy to the right and the guy to the left. They're huge people. But whenever the play is about to happen, do you see him standing there going like this? What would happen if that, they snapped the ball and they were standing like that? They'd be on their backside. There's something like that with us in the spirit where we get up on the line and we're leaning in and we're on the balls of our feet and we're ready for anything that comes. You're leaning in, you're going, come on, bring it, bring it. This is the kind of hunger I'm talking about. This is that kind of desire, which I believe God loves this. I believe he reserves this kind of, for people who have this kind of hunger, I believe he reserves influence and favor. Now, I can't necessarily back that up in scripture, but I do see throughout the comprehensiveness of scripture that when people want God, they get him. He shows up on the scene and the religious people are like, he's eating with tax collectors. Can't believe it. Tax collectors, you guys know, especially the Jewish tax collectors are like the lowest of the low traitors he shows up and he starts calling them to follow him he starts eating at their house and the whole religious system is like oh my god i can't believe they're doing that and jesus is like the well don't need a doctor the sick do the righteous don't need me the sinner does it's not about a condition on the outside it's about a position of the heart one of them looks at him and says, you're not good enough for my way. And the other one looks at him and goes, I have you have everything that I need. You start talking and I come alive and I don't even understand you, but you make me 
crazy because I want what you've got. Do you ever read your Bible and get that? It's happening to me right now. I'm reading and I feel like I can't even, my mind is all over the place. I can't stay in even one chapter for a moment. I start reading and I'm bouncing around. It takes me to something else and my mind starts going, oh my God, that reminds me of this. Where is that? And I start flipping through and I find something else and it's like, oh my God, where's that? And then there's this kind of hunger, church, I can't help. I can't help it. I do believe at my core. We get hungry like that, things happen. Things happen. All of what happens in the planet, I believe this. Good, bad, indifferent. And we all know that bad things are not caused by God, right? We've settled that one, right? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus comes to give life and life more abundantly. So if something bad is happening in life, don't blame it on him. Don't blame it on him. He's good. Everything about him is good. I highly, highly doubt that any of us is going to get to heaven and then look at Jesus and go, wow, I really overestimated your goodness. I mean, how arrogant is that? In Deuteronomy 8, I want to read a couple of passages here. In Deuteronomy 8, there's this kind of a recount of what had happened in Exodus. It's coming up again in Deuteronomy, and it's teaching them. Deuteronomy 8.3, it says this, So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna. Listen, manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. <laughs> Do you know what manna means? What is it? That's literally what it means. When you say manna, you're saying, what is it? They've never seen anything like this before. I mean, he's talking about it. I'm showing you something that you've never seen. Your fathers have never seen it. What is it? That's weird, isn't it? Give it a name like that. What is it? It's like you can touch it, you can taste it, you can feel it, you can see it, but you're still saying, what is it? It's like, it's like he intentionally sends them something and calls it, what is it, so that it would cause them to lean into it to want to know more. That's not what happened, though, was it? Here God's saying to them, I fed you with what is it, and you still didn't know what it was. I took you into, listen, I took you into the mystery of what is it, so you would know that man does not live by bread alone. But they didn't get it, did they? They actually got to the point where they were complaining about it. We get this stuff every day, just manna, manna, manna. Manna burgers, banana bread. <laughs> How many things can you make with manna? I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of what is it? When they were positioned to find something in the mystery of this thing called what is it? Mm. I took you into the mystery of what is it so you would know that man does not live by bread alone. In other words, he's trying to show them I'm feeding you in your natural man, but there's something deeper I want you to understand. And if you could just spend some time leaning into it, you'd probably get to a place where you understood what it was. Sometimes we ask for explanations to a situation we are in and he desires to keep it a mystery so that out of the mystery... We, we come with understanding that is higher than we're asking for. 
Shall I say that again? Think about this. Think about the place in life where you're going, I need to have an answer to this. Sometimes we're asking for explanations to a situation we are in, and he desires to keep it a mystery so that out of the mystery we come with understanding that is higher than we are asking for. Mystery is just as important as understanding, and we can't lose it. Because the minute I think I understand everything, I've reduced God to my image instead of me being conformed to his. Mystery is just as important as understanding. There are things in mystery that God designs for us just to sit in for a while. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to what? Search it out. I'm more and more convinced that that searching out doesn't necessarily mean you find an answer when you want to find the answer. The breakthrough comes in the process of searching it out, of seeking it and going, I'm hungry. I want more, I want more. And then the Holy Spirit starts to drop revelations into your life that aren't necessarily about the things that you're pursuing, but they're about something that you need. Hmm. You may not end up with the explanation to the question that you're asking, but you will end up with the explanation to what you need. Have you ever been in the natural, like, hungry, but you can't identify what it is that you want? I hate that. I can go through the cabinet. I can look. My wife can go to the store, and she can stock that thing to the hilt, and I will look at it and go, no, 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 no. You know what I'm starting to discover? That when I do that, I'm probably not hungry. I'm probably bored. What happens when we get like that in the spirit? Someone can stock food from a platform and give it out over and over and over again, can pour out revelation, and we can sit there going, eh, I don't think I want that. Man, church, I, I do, I feel this thing. It just, it's a little overwhelming right now. There's this, you can't, I don't know that you can teach this. If somebody were to come and ask me, Andrew, how do you get spiritually hungry? I, I don't know exactly. There is something to allowing ourselves, I don't, I don't even know. I can't even describe it. I wish I could. I really do. I'm hoping it's connecting with you at some level, even if it's not making sense up here. Hopefully it'll make sense in here. There, hmm. Being dissatisfied is a good thing. Even though the word says he satisfies you. The satisfaction is not so much in the thing that I'm looking for. It's found in the thing that I haven't even discovered that it exists yet. And then maybe the satisfaction for what I'm looking for comes. I'm hoping this is connecting. Are you guys in the room with me this morning? It's, it's living in a place where it's like, God, I just, I have no idea. I don't even know what I need. I don't even, I know what I want. I don't even know what I need. But I do know this, if you show up, if you show up, I will get what I need. And I can't even tell you what I need, God. Hmm. 
Psalm 107, 4 through 7 says this. Some of us once wandered in the wilderness like desert nomads with no true direction or dwelling place, starving, thirsting, staggering. We became desperate and filled with despair. Then we cried out, Lord, help us, rescue us. And he did. He led us out by the right way until we reached a suitable city to dwell in. He's referring back to the people of Israel wandering in the desert. There's something about hunger that keeps us in a place of humility. It keeps us in a place of dependency. Hunger has a way of moving people out of themselves and into something greater. You guys know how the manna worked, right? God would, in the morning, they would find it like on the dew or the grass. It was just laying everywhere. And they would go pick it up and they would eat it. But there's, a, there's something that happened where I think it's kind of a, a picture for a lot of times for us in the church. That instead of waking up in the morning with an expectancy that God will do something, they got so used to it that it didn't mean anything anymore. So they would get up in the morning and they would gather more than they needed and would put it in jars to try to save it for tomorrow. So why get up early when you can put it in a jar and not have to expect it anymore and just have it? And you know what happened to it? They didn't get worms. It'd be disgusting. It'd be gross. How many of us are trying to eat manna that has worms in it? It was good at one point, but God is saying, no, I need you to look at this again. I need you to come back and look at this again. He brings revelation of heaven through manna. He does it through quail. Gives them food, gives them everything they need. They're thirsty, they don't have any water. Moses, hit the rock, boom, water. Which, by the way, when you think about how many millions of people came out of Egypt... That wasn't a trickle. That water out of that rock was a river. It was not this little trickle where we were walking up with our little plastic bottles and going, I'll take a little. Massive amounts. So these miraculous things happened. Manna on the ground, quail. They got water. They got everything they need. And they just start looking at it and going, I have lost interest in the supernatural. So I'm going to just store it in a jar. only to find that it's no good when you want to eat it. I believe there's something about in hunger that it brings revelation. Hunger will bring revelation. I don't know how it can't. Because if he has given me everything that I need in life, if all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him and he lives inside of me, if every spiritual blessing has been given to us in the heavenly realm, if I read these things and I see them, I cannot any longer say I'm lacking but if I feel lack, maybe it's because I've lost my appetite for those things. I've lost my appetite for the supernatural. I've lost my appetite for the miraculous. Come on, is anybody in a room with me? Some of us want to see the miraculous, but we don't think for a moment that it's going to come through us. I would much rather show up in a room and have somebody do something and see something miraculous so that I feel good. And instead of, instead of sitting there and going, man, I feel Holy Spirit all over me right now. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. You go lay hands on somebody. It happened last week. Somebody came from back over there. 
Lay hands on somebody here and you're getting healed. I don't ever want to lose a hunger for that. Ever, ever, ever. If I don't maintain hunger, I live off the interest of yesterday's investment. And I no longer get to put into a, get put into a place where I become a transforming influence in society because God reserves transform, transforming influence for those who are hungry. The whole purpose for us being on this planet right now after the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus is for us to communicate the goodness of God to the world around us, to preach the gospel, which is good news. That means we've been given the assignment to change culture. And instead of it looking like the natural realm in this world, all of a sudden it looks like the supernatural realm invading this world. Hello? Hmm. Luke 153. A couple more here. I'm going to wrap up. Man, David got it. Dude, I mean, you think about David. Dude was an adulterer and a murderer. Okay? How many of us would marginalize him and say, and today if we knew somebody like that and go, yeah, I don't know about you, man. I don't think we need to be giving you a microphone. I don't think we need to listen to anything you're saying. But he got something, man. Dude, had no idea in the natural realm who Jesus was. He would prophesy through his Psalms, but he had no way to taste that. He had everything he needed as a king. Wealth, crazy amounts of wealth. But even in that place of wealth where he had everything he needed, he would say, I'm so low and needy. What is that? That's hunger for something beyond what happens in the physical. Luke 153, this is Mary speaking now. It's called the Magnificat. If you haven't read this, it's fantastic. You probably have read it, but just go sit and spend some time with this. This is when she starts to sing a song based on the fact that Holy Spirit had come and deposited in her a baby. In the latter part of that, it says this, he has filled the hungry with good things and he has sent the rich away empty-handed. You see the dichotomy that's happening here. It's weird. If I'm rich, and I am because I've been given everything. My dad owns everything. Can I get an amen to that? My dad owns everything. I'm not no longer a slave. I'm a friend. Jesus says, I'm not going to hide things from you because I don't hide things from friends anymore. You get everything. John 17, he prays, God, I pray, Father, that they would be in me and I in you. Just like I'm in you. And that we would be one. Do you think that prayer didn't get answered? All of it happened, all of this fullness, but yet we see things like this. He filled the hungry with good things and he has sent the rich away empty-handed. I'm as rich as I can possibly be. But am I empty-handed? Maybe it's because my hunger has waned. Maybe it's because my desire has shifted to something else. I'm hoping you guys are hearing this because it's not about pull yourself up by your bootstraps and start doing better. That's the last thing I want to say. Danielle was singing it this morning, I will rest, I will rest, 
I will rest. You want to know what the highest manifestation of faith looks like? Jesus sleeping in a boat. It's you and I being able to sleep and just sit there and go, all good. When the hurricane's bearing down. Literally or figuratively. Psalm 107, 33 through 36. He can take a fruitful land and make it into a saltwater swamp, all because of the wickedness of those who dwell there. But he can also turn a barren wilderness into an oasis with water. He can make springs flow into desert lands and turn them into fertile valleys so that cities spring up. And he gives it all to those who are hungry. What I'm hearing is that is the hungry get to establish cities. Anybody want to establish a city? I do. I want to establish a city. Well, what does it look like? I don't know. I can't answer it for you, church, but I do want to give you this. It's an exhortation, if I could. And I'm speaking to myself as much as I am to you. And an exhortation is different than encouragement. It's encouragement. Exhortation is encouragement, but it's a little different. It's like, I'm going to come alongside you, and I'm going to put my hand in the small of your back because you don't believe we can do this, and I'm going to push you along a little bit. You feel that? That's exhortation. What am I doing this morning? Listen, church, I'm putting my hand in the small of your back, and I'm pushing us forward and saying, are you hungry? Are you hungry? Because he gives all these things to hungry people. I know it's weird. We've got everything, but yet, but I just want to discover it. I believe he, in this season right now, I believe what he wants to release is favor and influence. It's so resonating with me. He's wanting to release favor and influence to those who are hungry. I think about what we do here as a church. I'm super proud of you guys. I say it all the time. You are the most activated people I think I have ever seen. Even when we have our friends from Bethel come and we go out and do outreaches and stuff, I find that we are more activated than they are sometimes. That's not a comparison of good or bad. I'm just simply saying, you guys are so activated here, you know that everywhere you go becomes a perfect health zone. Why? You got the kingdom in you. And I love that. I love that. What I'm experiencing right now is this kind of like Holy Spirit taking my face and he just turns it a little bit. And he just says, I want you to look at this. I want you to look at this. Because I do believe that we're on the cusp of something. I absolutely do. But I'll be darned if I'm going to sit there and think for a moment that somebody else needs to do it. You want revival? Starts in your own six square feet. It's easy to get around a fire and ignite. It's another thing to ignite the fire yourself. It's easy to get around people who burn and who are hungry and have something happen. It's another thing to start it so that when people get around you, they're looking and going, I want that. 
Anybody want to go with me in this? I do. I feel like we're right on the edge of something here. And you guys know me. I am not a hype person. I'm not a hype person. I lost any desire for hype preaching years ago. And the reason why is because you hype it up and you make it big. Next week, you got to come back and you got to do it again. And then the next week, you got to come back and do it again. And I am so not interested in being a cheerleader. I'm so not interested in that. But what I do want is to see the people of God catch on fire and get hungry. I don't know how to explain it, church. I'm just saying, spend some time with him. Ask him, Lord, where have I lost my appetite? Where have I lost my appetite? What am I filling myself with so much so that I can't eat what you're wanting to give me? Because I have no desire for it. Lord bless us. All right, everybody, stand up here. Oh, God. Man, I feel like I get this word an awful lot, but I see it happen and it actually does something. Does anybody in here have a chipped tooth, specifically a molar? Anybody in the room? No, you do? You do? Both of you? There's two, three, four, a crack? Okay. You can take it. Again, throw out a word, it's intercepted. Take it. Um, right now, I'm praying that your mouth get healed. Right now, the tooth be healed. Right now, whatever it is that's going on with it, right now, get healed in Jesus' name. Now, for those of you who raised your hand, I want you to check it. And if you can't tell, go look in a mirror, whatever you have to do. But I believe God's fixing something right now. And it's just a part of this thing of hunger. It's just hunger. I'm putting a demand on what's been given to me. I'm cashing the check. Does anybody, you feel anything different in your teeth? Anybody at all? Put your hand up because I can't really see. No? Need to take a look at it? Take a look at it if you have to. I've seen this happen before. I've gotten this word before. This is unique. But I've seen not only teeth get healed, where the crack was, I mean, perfect teeth come into place. Who wants perfect teeth? My God. <laughs> I do. I like to eat. Thank you, Father. Lord Jesus. Yeah, come on up. It came during service. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Never done this in my life. Okay. You're going to be great. Okay, yeah. Come back up. Yeah. I got you, all right? All right. You're going to be great. I can feel the presence of God is moving in to every place. Nothing left dry. Deaf ears, blind eyes are healed. He's here. This is what we've waited for. He knows we've wanted more. He's here. He's here. He's in the mystery. He's in the mystery. Oh, I can feel the presence of God. He's moving in to every place. Nothing 
left, right, blind ears, deaf ears, blind eyes are healed. He's here. He's in the mystery. So good. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I could feel angels in the room with that. Yeah. Come back up here. Come back up here. Let's do that again. Now. We can position ourselves right now with that attitude of hunger. Because you felt it. So we're going to do it again. I'm putting you on the spot, but it's so great. You're going to do it again. And I want you just to sit here and just watch what the Holy Spirit does, okay? Pay attention to what he's doing with you. I can feel the presence of God. He's moving in to every place. No thing left dry. Deaf ears, blind eyes are healed. Oh, he's here. This is what we've waited for. He knows we wanted more. He's of God. He's moving into every place. No thing left dry. Deaf ears, blind eyes are healed. Oh, he's here. Yes, this is what we've waited for. He knows we wanted more. He's here. Jesus is here, he's in the mystery, you're in the mystery, you're here, like we've asked you here. I can feel the presence of God, you're moving into every place, no thing left dry, deaf ears, blind eyes are here, you're here, oh you're here, you are what we've waited for, you know we've wanted more, yes you're here, Jesus you're here. You're in the mystery, you're in the mystery. Yes, I can feel the presence of God. You're moving it to every place, no thing left.
dry Deaf ears, blind eyes are healed Jesus, you're here This is what we've waited for You know we wanted more You're here You're always here Man, I feel like there's a response to this And I don't know what it is yet Anyone feel like they got an interpretation of that? I'm always going to make room for it. This doesn't happen that often around here. I love it. If you're sweating and shaking right now, it's probably you. You said that sweaty and shaky bit. I was like, okay, yeah, this is definitely me. This is definitely one of those thick moments. It's a confirmation. It's a confirmation of all that we've been saying today. It's a confirmation. Saying that he's right here. Confirmation for all the people who are doubting if he's even here. He's coming down and saying, I'm right here. I'm standing on this stage right next to Andrew. I'm right here. I'm saying these things right aside him. I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. I know you can't see me right now, but I'm right here. I'm right here. He's right here. He's right here. right here.
I'm done. You sit here as long as you need to and do what you need to do. I don't want to fall into that charismatic Pentecostal voodoo thing where we try to create and do something when God's not saying do anything. So, I'm done. You stay. Sit. Cry. Laugh. Do whatever you want to do. As long as you want. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Acts 2 podcast. Love God, love people, and live life.